Holly G with the Golf Insiders with our new For Your Game podcast. And um, we're have we have one of our favorite guests today. He is the resident sports psychologist at the David Ledbetter Academy. And um, he's our go-to guy on everything on the mental side of the game, even has trademarked himself as the confidence doctor, the one, the only, Dr. Bob Winters. Hello, Dr. Bob. Hello, Holly. It's great to be with you, and uh, I love this series for your game, and I'm just really, really glad to be a big part of it. Well, we're happy to have you as part of it, and uh, we just watched the one of the most exciting PGA championships, I think, in memory on Sunday. And, you know, so many great talents. Um, you know, the young, new 20-somethings, Colin Morikawa, wow. You know, they're already comparing him to Tiger. Um, but I think what most impressed me was just his he you know they've talked about he seems to have an old soul he had the mental balance and um you know just um courage uh strategy all of it right including confidence which had him step up on that 16th hole hit that unbelievable drive in the moment on that par four and then sink that putt for eagle that takes a lot of confidence dr bob your thoughts well my whole thinking is this is nothing new to me in my world i mean obviously i've been doing this for now 40 years plus but the one thing we're seeing right now is the residue of the Tiger Woods influence over the last 20, 25 years. And these young players now, if you take a look at junior golf programs all across the nation, all across the world, they have been going full force for 15, 20 plus years. And we have started off with like Pee Wee Golf and U.S. Kids Golf and junior golf programs that in different PGA sections across America and across the globes, and these young, you know, future budding superstars are learning how to play the game. You know, better physical, mental, emotional instruction, better core strategy. You know, self management. And by the time most of these players, Holly, are 14, 15, 16 years of age, they've already had seven, eight, nine years of tournament competition, you know, the, at a, at a pretty competitive fire, if you would, uh, for, for many of them. So by the time they get to high school and then they get into college programs, they are really grizzled veterans. They've been in the fires of competition and they have really sort of, uh, earned their stripes. I always call it sweat equity confidence. They've earned the right to feel confident because they are so competent in their skills. They know really what to do. They've been in a lot of these situations. And when you take a look at Colin, uh, already this year, he's won a couple of times. Uh, he had a great uh, head-to-head match a few weeks ago at Muirfield Village against Justin Thomas, where he's making clutch putts just even to stay in the match and then goes on to win. So a person asks, how can you not 
derive confidence from all of these successful experiences. And let's be very, very clear on this. In order to really have long, sustained, earned confidence, you have to have continuing elements of success. And that's really what Colin and many of these young players have now. I mean, both if you're taking a look at Danielle Kang, who won again on the LPGA Tour uh, this past week. Uh, You look at Colin. You look at all of these different players. I mean, they come from these great junior golf programs, wonderful high school and college programs. But by the time they get ready to play, they have really earned the right to understand, and they own their game. We always talk about owning your game. That's really what many of these players do, Holly. And so let's just not think that these people uh, are just coming out of the woodwork and go, wow, they just stepped onto the center stage. No, they've been sort of getting themselves ready. Well, we always talk about the 10-year overnight success. They've been getting getting ready for this for a long time. Yeah, it's remarkable. I mean, um, literally a year ago, he graduated from Cal and wins his first major title at age 23, just a year on tour. Uh, Really, really incredible. Well, I was just, you know, thinking about uh, even when he was in school, uh, a lot of people were talking about, wow, he was a really great player in school. And, and I'm sorry if I actually you know, lost you there for a second. He was really a very, very good player in school. And one of the things that he has attributed success to was his girlfriend, who was also a wonderful collegiate player. And, you know, he actually gives her a lot of his success, much like Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas gave Winnie Palmer and gave Barbara Nicholas, you know, kudos. So here he is giving her a lot of, you know, credit for his success because she knows the game. She knows what, you know, he's doing when he's up, when he's down. And he says he, you know, she keeps him very balanced, very focused. So I thought that was kind of a nice insight right there. Absolutely. I think he's uh, 23 going on 40. Um, So you talked about managing, you know, managing your game. Uh, We know, especially in majors, um, that seems, you know, to be, you know, front and center. What I was very, what, what, what I took notice about is how many times uh, leading up to the PGA, interviews with the players, the press conferences, um, you know, they point to how, you know, many times you can be out there and not have your A game. And in fact, um, you know, most of the time they're not playing with their A game. And it's about how you manage to win with the game that you have that day. Uh, I think as amateurs, we have it really backwards, right? We come out there thinking, yep, today's the day. You know, I'm going to, I got the A game going. I'm shooting at all the pins. You know, I'm going to be draining these 25 footers. Pros don't set up. Don't set themselves up for failure that way. Can you talk about that? Well, yeah, and I think that's the big thing is that many of us have misplaced expectations. And let's really just define really what an expectation is. It's a preset standard of performance that you believe or hope 
could happen, should happen, or want to have happen. And when your results don't equal or match those expectations, a person becomes frustrated. You become discouraged, depressed, because what you imagine to have happened yeah, it, it doesn't you know look like that in reality. So really what the best players, whether they're at your club or they're on the tours or whatever, they manage their expectations. And what happens a lot of times, and what I'm trying to do with my players all over the world, is let go of these expectations, the expectations of score, the expectations of hitting the perfect shot, having the perfect swing worrying about what others think about you, uh, trying to play up to other people's ex expectations and standards. What I'm trying to get them to do is help you focus on execution. What is it that you do? What is it that you can control? Because uh, we've had conversations with many major champions. I remember uh, listening to David Duvall talk about winning the British Open years ago. And when he was sitting in his hotel room by himself with the Claret Jug, he goes, gee, is this, is this all it is? I mean, I wasn't even playing my best golf. I played better in four or five other majors that I should have won when I was hitting it perfectly, and I wasn't even playing that well. Justin Leonard, even talking about the Open Championship, said the very same thing. We hear it over and over through the years, and players go, well, I didn't have my A game. But they did have their A game as far as management, attitudinal control, uh, their deportment, how they went about their business, and they got the most out of their game. And that's really the difference now, Holly. Most amateurs and most weekenders don't get hardly anything out of their game, but they go in with the greatest of perfectionistic expectations. They believe they're going to go out and play perfect. So what we have to do is embrace the notion of, listen, I'm a weekend recreational golfer. I play for fun. I'm not making this as my career or livelihood, even though many of us, we really believe that golf is a big part of our life and we want it really bad. And part of that wantism is really what makes so much pressure for us because we want to play so well we put so much pressure on ourselves what we do we sort of inhibit our natural athleticism or developed talent and we sabotage our own potential for personal greatness so the biggest thing that most of us need to do is let go of the expectations and say i'm going to play within myself today i may not you know play the very best but i'm going to give myself you know every chance to make the lowest score on every hole, and I can be happy with that. And I think that's really where we need to sort of reset our values before we even go out to go play. All right, so let's talk about how we get our round going on a good note. Uh, we hear the pros talk a lot about that, right? Really important to, you know, sort of set their momentum, uh, you know, and after several rounds, you know, they'll figure out, uh, you know, sort of charting the course, right? Where they've, you know, got to make those birdies, uh, where they want to just be saving par or where bogey might be good. Um, you know, to speak to the, you know, listeners about how do you, you know, set, set up those first few holes to get your momentum going? 
I think, you know, most players, uh, and I'm not talking about the tour pros, I'm just talking about the majority of our listeners. If they just had a very simple red, yellow, green light strategy, and I want to actually uh, talk about that a little bit. Uh, legendary golfer Johnny Miller talked about this in one of his books many, many years ago, back in the early 70s when he was known as the Desert Fox. He would play great in the southwestern uh, part of the tour. And he was talking about on every shot you hit, you need to actually ask yourself, is this a green light situation? Is this the best place to hit it to? And we're always trying to align our players, you know, so that they're hitting away from trouble. So they're not aiming into trouble and hitting into trouble. So anytime you step into a shot, you want to be able to say, you know, with relative certainty, this is the shot I know will get me from this point A to that point B. Now, the point about playing golf, a lot of people call it cow pasture pool in the mm -hmm. old days, but great golf is really created by setting one shot and making the next shot easier. In fact, it simulates billiards in that way. I mean, a good pool player is always setting himself up for the next two or three succeeding shots. So that's kind of the way a golfer needs to. When you're on the tee, where's the very best place to hit this shot to? Where's my green light area at? And if I look at areas that are yellow light, red light, no, those areas put me in trouble. So we're always trying to hit to the fat, wonderful, safe areas that give us a really good direction plan into the green for our approach shot. Now, when you take a look at a pin, I, I love what you know, Boo Weekly said years ago when he found himself just getting you know, uh, short-sighted. He actually was pin hunting. He finally said, I just got smart, and I realized that, you know, they haven't moved the center of the green. So if I just hit to the center of the green, I'm always going to have a putt. But there's so many times where the superintendent and the people who are setting the pins put them in what we call sucker pin positions, tucked behind a pond, tucked behind bunkers, uh, having a tough leave for an up and down. So it's really important to sort of map out your personal shot strategy to say, here's you know the safe place to be. Here I put it on the middle of the green. Here's a safe shot. But as we build our momentum and we start to build a little bit of confidence because we're hitting fairways, we're hitting greens, we're getting it up and down, we can then now sort of stretch our momentum. We can kind of stretch our potential a little bit. We can become maybe a little bit more smart, aggressive. And that, to me, is really a great term I use for a lot of my players, to be smart, aggressive. Now, you can be aggressive all day and go pin hunting, but were you smart? Because a lot of times, being stupid aggressive, it actually wastes strokes instead of saving strokes. And that's the whole notion about the game of golf. You know, the focus is to save strokes, not waste them, and not make, you know, a lot of unnecessary bogeys, doubles, or even triples. Because it's so hard to walk away. You can walk away with a, a bogey every now and then. But when you're making doubles, triples, and quads... Uh, those will leave a mark, and I think all of us have suffered those. And then at the end of the, you know, the, the hole, we look back and go, I hit the wrong shot. I continued to hit the wrong shot. I got stubborn. I got angry. 
and I really screwed up and I damaged my entire round by just making a couple of dumb decisions. So let's not be dumb. Let's be smart golfers and let's play, you know, good percentage golf, play within your capabilities, but actually hit it to right where you want to go. Well, Colin Morikawa had the perfect example of a green light moment when he stood on that 16th tee prior uh, to Sunday's round when he was practicing on Wednesday somebody had asked him if he would ever go for it on the par 4 16th which uh, had been trimmed back to 294 yards for the final round and he said no it's too much into the wind why go for it and um, as he got to that uh, tee on Sunday he um, he changed his mind. He looked at the wind conditions and the need to break out from the pack. And um, he stepped up, remembered a shot he'd hit at Muirfield a couple weeks before. So he visualized, you know, a, a shot that had given him confidence. And boom, he hit what might be already at just 23, one of the greatest shots of his career. Well, I think that happens, you know, for a lot of people, whether they're amateur or professional. Uh, when you step up into a shot, and it's a risk-reward shot, for that risk-reward shot, I'm always talking about the 80% uh, principle, meaning four out of five times that if you hit this shot, you're going to have a pretty good chance of actually being successful, of com completing that shot. And I think that's exactly what Colin did. But you also have to remember he had a shot. He actually went into his memory bank. He pulled out a positive feeling, a positive imagery. And that's really big about visualization. If you're going to visualize, if you're going to imagine something, you know, pull something that's positive and it can actually translate and you can bring that, you know, successful feeling from the past into this moment. What, you know, the real issue is, Holly, for most players, they bring back a lot of negative pictures. We actually pull back a lot of trash, a lot of disaster. So many of us are replaying this negative tape in our heads about, you know, failure, about doom and gloom and despair. And we actually go into this shot almost negatively programming, but we say to ourselves, boy, I hope we don't do that again. And see, that's negative programming versus I've had recent success. This is exactly the same situation. It's almost the same shot. I've been successful before. Let's step in and let's hit this shot. And that's exactly what Colin did. And remember, these guys, especially in major championships, you don't have that many chances, that, you know, that opportunity. So you have to, you know, carpe diem, you have to seize the moment, seize the day, take advantage of that moment, and to the victor, you know, go all the spoils, all the rewards. So good for Colin. And But let's think about all the many times I remember uh, talking with Arlo Palmer when I was talking about, you know, mistake-free golf. And I said, what was the greatest mistake that you've ever made? And he said, well, Bob, he goes, I've made a lot of mistakes. I went for shots that, you know, I probably should have gone for. He goes, but you know what? I thought at the time I, I could make them. And I think that's the whole point for all of us. We enjoy this risk-taking behavior because when we are successful, 
That's the partial reinforcement. That's what keeps bringing us back to playing the greatest game ever invented. And I think that's that's great. And it's beautiful to see someone like Colin execute it and be successful because it just perpetuates the love of the challenge and the opportunities that each one of us have every day on the golf course. Yes, absolutely. Uh, he said that he woke up that morning and um, – just felt like um, you know it was um, it was his to win he said this is meant to be this is where I feel very comfortable this is where I want to be and I'm not scared from it I think very key there uh, and he we love to see a player that goes out and and wins it lets his game do the talking uh, Dr. Bob, speaking of uh, letting your game do the talking, you've got a new, very exciting series uh, that you've launched. Share with our listeners how they can find out more about that. Well, it is for the Golf Zone Ledbetter University online program. Uh, Ledbetter University, you know, their main headquarters are over in London, England, and it goes all out over the world. And what I've done, I've created a new course called Tournament Thoughts for Great Golf, taking it to the golf course. And what it is, it is a compilation of 13 separate audio-enhanced programs where I take you from days before the competition, practicing, preparing for the competition, to the night before the competition, driving to the golf course, arriving at the golf course, you know, stepping in, registering, warming up, warming up your putting, your focus, warming up your game, taking it to the first tee, playing one shot at a time, building momentum, uh, then putting the wheels back on if they fall off, and then doing post-round evaluation. It's a very advanced, unique, one-of-a-kind program, and people can go to learn.ledbetter.com, and that will actually take you into all of the online courses and it's so unique, so revolutionary, the people have been using it. And what it is, it's a form of meditation, guided affirmations, and hypnosis. And it puts you into sort of this alpha wave state where you're just sort of drifting and you're listening to it, maybe the night before competition or before you leave to, to go play. And what people you know, tell me, and we've been using it with tour players and amateurs, college players, juniors, for the last 10 years testing this, so I'm very excited to actually introduce it. They said, I wish I'd had this you know, years before because this is exactly what I need because so many of us have negative thoughts, negative programming in our heads, and we just really need to refresh and reinsert good messages to replace and help dissolve those bad messages. And that's really what this is all about. So it's at learn.ledbetter.com. You can get that, or you can go into ledbetter.com and go into uh, Golf Zone, Ledbetter University, and, and find it out. But uh, thank you for mentioning it. It's, uh, it's a wonderful you know, course, and uh, we've had a lot of success with it. And it, it, it helps right away, and it's amazing and it's one of my taglines. I've always said the moment that you change your mind, you change your game as well because the things that you think about when you start changing those things, they change as well. And it's amazing when we start talking about what's the one thing we can do to create momentum is that we just need to make a fresh start. Um, you just need to actually every shot say this is the one 
that will get me going. And I always tell people a, a, a huge jumbo jetliner on the end of the you know the tarmac. It it starts off with a very simple little crawl. It just has that momentum. It just needs that tipping point to get it started, and then it rumbles down uh, the runway at about 250 miles, and it takes takes off. But that's all we need. We just need something to get us started, whether it's a drive, a chip, a putt, and then we can actually build momentum from that shot. And then after that, it's just one after one until Holly is done. And that's sort of your mantra, Holly, that you should use whenever you go play. It's one after one until I'm done. I love it. I love it. And that's why he's called the confidence doctor dr bob winters thank you so much for this uh segment on for your game well thanks holly thanks for having me on and i want everybody to go out there and think good thoughts and play great golf <laughs>